Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 145. On tonight's episode, the fat manling fanboy's out with his friends, the McClure and the Domus. So, if you can't handle a bunch of fanboying and a bunch of we love this and we love that and everything's coming up roses, you may just want to bail out right now. Like a gyrocopter with a bad stabilizer or something. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I think I'm a little bit disgusted. Uh, but I've got to listen anyway. It's in me contract, so... Shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next few hours, I'll be doing the best I can to share with you my love of tabletop wargaming and probably some of my various other fandoms. Bringing you Silver Towers, successful events, and more awesomeness than you can shake a stick at. Not that you'd get much fun out of it. I'm David Wytek, and tonight I am here again with... Lindsay, the albino hockey puck. But later on, I will be joined by my friends, friends of the show, Tom McClure and Domus Puer. So uh, before everyone comes on and does stuff, uh, I suppose we ought to take a minute to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer. And as you guys know, the sponsors of Garage Hammer are unique gifts and games in Grays Lake, Illinois, where we just held our one-day AOS event that I thought went pretty darn well. Uh, Mercia Miniatures, that's M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures.com. Mantic Games for building bigger armies. The TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan, where you ain't wrong. Six Squared Studios for just about everything made out of MDF. And Battle Foam, protecting your army. So, all right. Um... Emails and voicemails. Um, not too much in the way of either, except a few that I'm not really going to mention. Um, you know what? I am going to mention them. You know, it's my show, and I can do whatever I want. Uh, by the way, voicemail one seven five seven gh show 6 That's one seven five seven gh show 6 You are more than welcome to call anytime, day or night. And leave a message on the voicemail line. And if it's good, it may end up on the show. If it's if it's not good, it may end up on the show anyway. Um, you never know. Uh, if you're international, you may need to dial zero zero and then one seven five seven GH show six. Or if you don't have letters on your phone, that would be four four one four six nine six. Okay, so all right, I'm gonna do a little bit of a complain or rant right now so if you don't want to listen to complaining and ranting just skip ahead to the commercial break check the show notes um if they're on your smartphone they probably highlighted you could just tap it and it'll jump right to that spot but all right so um i've been getting a bunch of emails and i've got some stuff i wouldn't probably even mention this but i propped up on the facebook page too um you know months ago several months ago many months ago even um I said I don't, I'm not going to be doing other things than AOS. I, I'm loving this game, and um, I play a couple other games. I just don't have a lot of time to play other games. I mean, I'm kind of all in on this, and I got a life. So, 
you know, I'm picking one and I'm dabbling in the others, you know, Malifaux, uh, Wrath of Kings, Infinity, Kings of War, still somewhat, and uh, even uh, Darklands, Darklands from Mercia. And, uh, and I get emails from people from time to time. And uh, it's it's weird, you know, um, they want you to try out their new thing and, uh, you know, talk about it on the show. And so, you know, and, and they run the gambit. And this is, I'm going to bring this up. I know I'm not the only person who's getting some of these emails. And then I get, sometimes I get these messages and it's like, uh, I really hate AOS. I'm playing this other game. I, I really wish you would cover this other game. And it's oftentimes very polite for most game. You know, people, when are you going to cover Kings of War? Or when are you going to cover Wrath of Kings? We hear you talking about it. And it's just, I, I really don't have the time. I would have to take away and stop doing this to do that. And right now, it's not in the cards. It's not something I really want to to to, to switch over to, to do. Um, and most people understand that. They're like, oh, I, you know, I get it. Hey, everybody's got their thing. Um, and I hate to disappoint people. I really do. Um, if you know me, I, I try to, you know, I, I, you can't please everybody, but I do my darndest, you know. But then you get these, I'm playing game X here, and uh, I'm hoping you might, uh, you know, cover it on your show soon. You think you might cover it? Because it's, it's really getting good, and it's picking up steam, and I'd really like you to talk about game X. And I, you know, and I give the standard. You know, I mentioned a couple of months ago on the show, I'm not doing any other shows. I just don't have the time or energy to be doing the garage gamers anymore you know if i do something it's going to be an oddball thing that i'm probably doing with my wife or something and we'll be talking about a movie we like or if we go to gen con but i'm not going to be i don't have time to devote to doing that um and most people understand that um but then i get this i've been getting these lately these responses oh i didn't know that because i i I hate aos i don't listen to the show anymore i just i was kind of hoping you would cover my thing Uh, what (laughs) <laughs> or, or, um, you know, oh, I, I didn't know that, um, but you know, you really should cover it anyway. Like, you really should give it a try. And you know, I try to explain to people. You know, listen, I, I don't. I, I, it's not even one of the games in my circle of playing. I would have to go and get a whole new, learn a whole new game. Uh, and just like uh, I, I don't have room f- to pick up another game. And most of the time, it's pretty, still pretty civil. Oh, okay, I can, I can understand that. You know. Um, but lately I've been getting some pretty nasty hostile responses for not wanting to pick up someone else's, you know, you're not playing what I want you to play. You're not doing the show I want you to do. And I'm sorry. Um, and and when I say I'm sorry, that's not really, I'm sorry. That's more like, Hey, you know, (laughs) Can't help that. I'm doing the show that I want to do. I, I, I'd love to have everybody on the planet listen to this show, but not everyone on the planet has the same tastes I do. Um, I'm probably preaching to the choir here. Most people listening like show. I know not everybody li- listening likes what I like because I get emails from people saying they're still listening because they like, as I said, they like, you know, listen to the, my show and, uh, you know, they're hoping that something will, will grab them. But as of right now, it hasn't. Okay, cool. I just, I don't get the hostility. I don't get the hostility. I've actually said to these people, dude, you know, you've got this game and you're working on it or you know people are working on it and it takes a lot to write a game. It takes a heck of a lot more to write a good game than it does to put out a podcast. Go grab some equipment and make your own podcast if it means that much to you. 
Um, and, and, and they don't know. No, we want to talk to your audience. And it's like, eh, okay, I see where that's going. Uh, and I'm only bringing this up because it, it's you know it's happened it, it happened on the forum, uh, happened on Facebook, and anytime I bring up that it's kind of like you know especially when it's like oh I don't really listen so I anymore so I didn't know that you're not doing it anymore. The person in point only joined the group to promote this other thing. They took no made no effort to participate in what we were doing. They were not a fan. They came and joined after. AOS was a thing. It's not like they've been here for a long time and fell out. They came to our group knowing what it was and having no interest in what it was and just kind of like sitting around and lurking and then only ever commenting or saying anything or bring anything up when people would say how much they didn't like this or they didn't like that or, oh, I miss this. Oh, well, you should try this then. And it's just it's this like coming in and just quiet, quietly, you know, you know, well, they didn't say anything rude, and they were just saying that they like another game. And dude, I get that. You can say you like other games. I like other games. But if all you're ever doing is sitting around and trying to promote your thing, and then when when I'm not going to do for you, you're like, well, you know, I'm leaving. And dude, and these are the nice ones. I've gotten some really hostile stuff lately um, because I don't want to. Uh, you know, because I, I I don't have time to to pick up a new game and learn it and and do this other thing. I'm all in on this. And I guess I just I kind of wanted to get it off my chest. And you know, maybe this is a bad thing to do. Maybe this is a bad idea. But I don't rant too often. Um, but I love this game. This is the one I'm playing right now. I'm all in on this. I'm having a good time with this. Uh, if you're listening and you love this, that's why you're listening. If you're listening and you don't love this and you're just kind of listening to, to see if you want to get back into it, then that, then that's what you're listening for too. But that's, I just, I, I, I don't get people coming up to you and saying, look, I know we don't really know each other or maybe we do know each other. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, I don't listen. I don't do any of this. I'm not involved. I have nothing. Can you do this thing to, for me and stop everything, drop everything you're doing and completely switch gears for this for me um, because I'd rather you do this. And and that's, I mean, that's kind of, a, that's a lot to ask. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I had to get it out there that's I'm, I'm just reiterating that's not what i do okay it's it's not i'm 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 not you know i have a section on the forums so, uh, the section is called so what you want and it's up there if you want me to to cover a certain topic you're free to put it up there um but it's really it's going to be pretty aos centric um there are three main source books seven black library books, three side black library books, and I think about seven, I think, uh, battle tomes now, not including the Grand Alliance books. And I've covered like five of them total out of all that stuff. <laughs> I'm behind. So, I mean, I got a lot that I want to do, and that's not it. And I just hope people understand, you know, um, it's just, I don't know. It was just weird, and I got a lot of it this week, and I just, it's it's bugging me, and so I yeah I had to, I just needed to, to I needed to, to get it out there and get it off my chest. 
Um, I just, I don't know. It's just, it, it's weird to me. So, you know what? I'm going to shut up now and go to a break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to quick go through the news and rumors and the toolbox and then take another quick break and come back with Domus and McClure. I recorded with them last night. Uh, everything's hunky-dory. Uh, the sound quality is a little bit wonky. Uh, Skype was acting a little funny. Um and uh but it was still i think it's good enough i mean everyone can hear everything um and we had a really good time just sort of talking about uh everything in aos just it's a, it was a fun little rap session uh talking about um you know what's coming up and where the game's been going and how how we've sort of adapted to it and what we think of it um yeah we all kind of fanboy out a little bit we really, hey we really like it um so it is what it is um, hopefully you enjoy it. Um, we had fun doing it. And, uh, yeah, so back in a few. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Okay, I'm back. All right, news and rumors. Uh, By now, many of you have picked up your Warhammer Quest Silver Tower. Uh, And you know how awesome it is, because it's really good. It's getting a lot of good reviews out there. A lot of people picking up, a lot of people playing it. Um, Even the people who didn't get this one shipped to them, uh, so their opinion's legitimate. Whatever. Um... If you haven't gotten one yet, get in on it. Uh, my friendly local gaming store has been told that the re- they're pretty much sold out right now, and the restock is uh, mid-June. So if you can find a place that has one, get it, because um, at least the places around me can't get um, any more until the middle of next month. Uh, my favorite part is just, uh, right now seeing the people on social media put things like, I swore off Games Workshop a year ago, but dude, this came in the mail today, and there's a picture of Warhammer Quest. Um, everybody's loving it. Uh, and I love hearing everyone get so excited about this game, uh, picking up the models again, even if it's just this game. It's just that, um, you know, playing something from Games Workshop. Games Workshop did something right for once, apparently. <laughs> 
and uh, I'm just I'm 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 pleased because you know I got it and I really liked it and I kind of really like lots of things you know I'm I'm a, I'm pretty I try to look at for the positives first looking for the the good stuff um so you know when everyone else was like oh no it's really cool and these models are awesome yay vindication um although I still would have said I liked it even if everybody said I was dumb so there we go that's awesome what's even better um even better the day this comes out I'm at Games Workshop and uh, I'm not at Games Workshop I'm at Unique Gifts and Games picking up uh my coffee of white dwarf and starting uh, setting up for my tournament and once the first round starts I'm flipping through my White Dwarf, and there's the Hero Expansion Pack up for pre-order. So, like, the day it's released, hey, guess what? Pick up other stuff. Now, it's simple to do because it seems they're going through, and if you got the app, uh, what a nice price, too. 22 bucks, I think, American for 36 new characters and some cards and some other stuff, uh, where if you buy them all individually, they're like a buck a piece. So... You can just buy the couple of things you like for a couple of bucks, or you can spend the money and just buy everything. But those are all existing GW models, and so it looks like they're going to start packing them up, and uh, you can you know download and I suppose print out a, the cards because they got the little PDFs of the cards, and uh, turn just about any character model you have into the game into someone who can run through this. So you've got a favorite the character model, you've got a favorite faction. Um, they've probably got a hero that can run the Silver Tower, run through the Silver Tower. And that's kind of awesome. But speaking of the first hero expansion pack, uh, so it, it's the Zine Sorcerer Lord, the Corn Bloodbound Slaughter Priest, the Auric Rune Master from the Fire Slayers, and the Knight Venerator from the Stormcast Eternals, which is the flying character. Um, Venerator is like 40 bones. The other guys are 30. I think the Zine Sorcerer Lord was a little cheaper, but I also can't find that particular straight-up single model on the website. Like, maybe it's under a kit that I'm not checking, but just looking for a Zine Sorcerer Lord, I'm not finding it. Um, so I thought it was like 20 bucks for that one. And if I'm right, and it was 20 bucks, then this is all $120 retail, and it's selling for $55 American. Uh or U.S. dollars, I should say. Um, that's like, that's over 50% off. That's awesome. Like, that's such a great deal. Like, I was going to order a Night Venerator anyway, uh, and so for the 40 I was going to spend on that model for an extra $5 a model, I get these other three, which I could use another Rune Master anyway. Um, so it basically I wanted to buy him anyway, so there, so I bought the <laughs> Night Venerator, I get the Orc Rune Master for half price, the two I actually were going to pay for, and then I get these other two models for free. I could look at it that way. And that's that's just an amazing deal, and I hope they keep pumping out these little character sets like this with the cards. Hopefully there's cards in them, in the pack. I, that I don't know. I'll wait to see on on uh, on Saturday when I pick mine up at, uh, at UGG. But uh, that's just kind of awesome. I really I, I like that they're they're making it such a nice deal out of it for you. You're gonna be picking stuff up. Um and it's just a fun game. 
Um, hopefully, also, I mean, there's a lot of replayability in this, like we talked about last episode. But I would like I'm I'm looking forward to in a couple of months them putting out an expansion. You know, another set of uh, tiles and 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 uh, another book with more adventures um, because. This is, just, this is just a lot of fun, and the kids are enjoying playing it too, and that's what's really cool is you know, we can all play. Everyone can grab a character card, uh, and with four-player ability, uh, I could literally, if, if I want, I could play me and all three of the kids, or if one of the kids is out, uh, Heather can even play because uh, it's the type of game that any of us can pick up and play and, uh, and have a good time. So just very exciting, lots of energy for... Um, you know, the Warhammer, um, Age of Sigmar stuff in general, thanks to this game and what a, what a fantastic job they did with it. So um, kudos to them. Um, and that's, I think, it kind of for the news and rumors right now. Um, you know, lots of stuff I'm hearing about in the works, things like that. But, I'm, I'm uh, you know, it's, you know, 40K is getting a new rule book, blabble, blabble. Um, you know, uh, the the new elf models are out, so everyone's wondering when those are going to come out. Blabble, blabble. I know nothing, so I'm just I'm just keeping my excitement levels up with what I do know, which is, oh, look, all this stuff is coming out, and I like it. So that's very cool. Um, so let's just, you know what, let's just jump in and move into the toolbox. And the toolbox, of course, you know, is brought to you by Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Superstore. Chaos Arc Superstore. Okay. Oh, so what am I doing for modeling? Plugging away on my Stormcast Eternals. Of course I am. Uh, I'm going to finish this unit of Liberators that's sitting on my desk because that's what's sitting or on the table because that's what's sitting on the table. Going to finish them. Not jumping around. Once they're finished, though, I'm going to take a quick break from Stormcast Eternals and I'm going to try to speed paint that whole box set for, for, um, for Warhammer Quest. Uh, I've never done anything like that. I've never done a, hey, paint all this stuff in a weekend. Now, yes, that's actually not true. I did it for the zombies, but just painting 200 zombies over like, you know, a 30-hour period doesn't count. Um, it wasn't actually 30 hours in a 30-hour period. It was uh, 30 hours of work spread out over about a week, but that doesn't even count. Um, I'm just going to sit down and just, you know, base the colors uh, give them a wash, give it a highlight, maybe go back in later and touch up a few bit pop poops, but I'm not even worrying like, oh, this isn't great tabletop. I, my problem is I can't ever call it a day. Like there's always something that could use a little better highlight or there's always another gem or a bit of strap or something on the shoe that I look back and I'm like, oh, I didn't quite get that, you know. Um, I just look at everything and I see all my friends who, you know, Chris Yu has won Best Painted Awards. You know, Hastings, a friend of mine, I look at his arm, he's won Best Painted Awards. Um, I look at, you know, I mean, dude, I, I hang out and play with Herner, who not only wins Best Painted Awards, but people just, I mean, the, the, you know, the ridiculous table stuff he, he you know, that he puts together. Um, you know, I mean, look at Rotor. I mean, the guy won Best Painted at, uh, at Wapaka two years in a row. And if you don't think that says something, it says something huge about Rotor's ability. I mean, he's a humble guy. He's not going to brag about it. But you win 
best painted at Wapaka two years in a row. Man, Mama Lucia. That's that's. These are the type of people. And then it's like I come in with my stuff, which ain't bad, but it ain't that. Um, and so I'm always sitting there trying to go back to it just a little better. Every model's got to be a little better. And it takes me freaking forever. So I'm going to try to go the exact opposite direction. And it's going to, you know, it's, I'm going to do the, uh, you know, get the, the good enough to put it down on the table. So they ain't going to be gorgeous. They're going to be good enough where they're painted. They look nice so that when you're playing with it, everything on the table has some color. You know, I know people like Tyler Mangle and those guys and some of these other guys you see on Twitter, uh, you know, Scrubby and Wells and, um, you know, uh, I'm just trying to think of all these other little miniature painting things. And you're just like, oh, look, it's, I painted this. And, and, you know, and you're just like, oh, wow, that ain't me. Um, you guys can sit down over the course of an evening and knock out something that looks like it could be up for an award in pretty much any you know, single model competition, uh, no. So I'm going to try to go to the exact opposite and break my little OCD of constantly having to go back and s- just be like, let me see if I can just plow through this and just and call it good enough. Uh, I, I never really, um, I should dull coat my models more. Like I, I'm going to do that with the Stormcast. Um, I don't think I've ever done that really for any of my armies. I know I didn't do it for the undead. I didn't do it for the old dwarfs. I just don't spray the dull coat on and i know you should because it really locks you know that stuff it keeps the the paint from rubbing off um i'm gonna do that with the with this with the i'm gonna start doing it with all the models but i'm definitely doing it with the warhammer quest because once i pop drop that dull coat bam it's done and that's it so let's see uh let's see how quickly i can do that um Oh, oh, one rumor I am going to talk about, and then I'm going to move on. Um, uh, wow, move on. I already did move on. Um, I saw an ad. Uh, someone posted up on one of these, you know, white dwarfs that got leaked thing. The uh, gemstone paints, the new technical paint, gemstone paint. I don't know if this is just super shiny or what, but that grabbed my attention because that's one of my favorite parts of the models is trying to get those gemstones in and get that little highlight dot. And I'm terrible at it. So you're not going to, like, don't come looking at my models next turn and be like, oh, look, looking for them gemstones you mentioned because you ain't going to see them because I'm terrible at them. I love them because the people who can get those in, that's a real wonderful touch. Um, and I hope to get that wonderful touch. But I'm wondering if these uh, these paints will help because their other technical paints have really helped up my game a little bit. So when I heard there was uh, red, green, and blue gemstone paints coming out, I was just a, just a super ecstatic. So, okay, back to that. Um, okay, gaming. Time for gaming. Gaming from the toolbox. Um, so I wrapped up my one-day event, my AOS event. Um, it was so much fun. And, man, it ran a lot smoother than I thought, a lot more downtime than I thought. And I, it was Okay, it was a small event. Uh, I had room for 12. Uh, it happened to be on a weekend where just about a ton of people had graduations and things like that and couldn't make it, or they were at another event like the week before. So um, it's weird. A lot of people were telling me, listen, if you do this again, I'll definitely be there. I just can't be there this weekend because, you know, and I get that. It's it's mid, mid to end of May, lots of other commitments. Um, but we had six players, and everybody had a great time, um, you know, um, the winner, um, you know, 
we had you know walked out. We had some nice prizes, uh, but hold on, let's hold on. Harrison, come down here. Jump on, jump on. Hi, there's Harrison. Harrison was supposed to be the ringer, uh, and then I said forget it and just paid his entry fee and said, okay, you're playing the ringer army because we're not going to write you an army and we don't have time for that nonsense. You can just play the ringer army, and that way I also figured yes. I'll put in the you know uh, and just put him in as a regular player. So that way, if he does manage to win a couple and do pretty well, you know he's eligible to win a prize. If you know who knows, he could surprise you. Harrison surprises people. Um, but yeah, uh, but, yeah you do. You, you play. You play pretty well actually. Um, but this way also, he still because it was Alex Gonzalez's ring. And it wasn't even our ring. It was Alex Gonzalez. And thank you, Alex, for bringing. It was his uh, his. Uh, you know, his green skin. Mostly night goblins. Mostly night goblin ringer army. And, uh, you know, this is, Harrison can just push oh it Oh, boy, forward. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Just, and it, as, as Harrison, you, you yourself said, you know, I'm still just going to shove it forward and roll some dice. I don't care if I win or lose. But, you know, this way at least he was a competitor and not just sitting there at the bottom table. Um, so, uh, you, now you had, you had a good time. Oh yeah, it was a ton of fun. Now you learned how to play his army. Now the first uh, round you played against Alex, which yeah, because I grudged him so that way I could lo- learn what his army did because I have never even looked at the destruction book. And that way, yeah, Alex could sort of explain to you what your army did as you got as you were playing, so it had helped out a bit. Um, oh, and also I barely knew the rules of AOS, so. Yeah, well, I mean, you've played, but not that much exactly. So, you were there just like you know, it sort of is a favor to me. Having and we're having a good time. Um, you know, the first round got going. One of the nice things was the only there was only there were very few questions, and those there were were on rules about the little scenarios, um, which I was able to point to Alex because he wrote them and I knew he knew what he knew what he intended. Um, I think he got some good feedback. For the scenarios, for bits, because he wrote them for bits, eighties themed scenarios. Oh yeah, those were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, now you had three games. You won one of them. Yeah, I won. And you and you were close in one of the and uh, and one of them too. Yeah, and then one of them I got absolutely stomped. Yeah. So you had three. You had the range. You got stomped. You gave it pretty good, and you came pretty close. Um, and as Alex pointed out, for a kid who was like, "Oh, I don't know if I want to play," and oh, this, he said, "You had a really soft army, and you managed to pull off a win with it, which he didn't expect you'd be able to do." Okay, at all. I pulled off a win. Totally gaming the scenario, though. Hey, you pulled off a win. I mean, that's what the scenarios are there for. You 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 play to this. You play to your strengths. You play the scenario to your strengths. But. Um, so, I mean, everyone seemed to have a good time. I'm just pleased that, uh, you know, there was enough of a, a positive response that we're going to do it again. Um, third or fourth weekend of July, um, we're going to definitely do this again. Um, I don't have the date set in stone, but we are definitely looking at July 23rd as being another of our one-day events. Um they do run a little bit later because Unique Gifts and Games doesn't open till eleven o'clock. Um, they basically it's you know three rounds. We were out of there by like quarter to nine though. It wasn't too late. Yeah. Um, it actually ran the same length of time as the games at Adepticon, but Adepticon for dice dropped at eight thirty. 
and uh, we dropped ice at 11.30, so not too bad. Um, it was really cool, though. I'm, I'm glad, and I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're saying you had a good time and not just saying Oh, yeah, it, it was a lot show. of fun. Um, the guys there all were really quite fun and amicable. Um, Christian uh, Ware was there playing. He brought his uh, Destruction Army. And he had the new uh, Maw Crusher. Oh, that's oh I hate that model. You just you don't like how it looks. I really don't like that model. You're so wrong. You just out. I don't know what your problem is. That model is so cool looking. It's so cool. Um. Uh, who else was there? Rob. Uh, Robert Reed was there. Um, he had this Tomb King army. Um, and John Wenger came. And what was Wenger playing? You played against him. Uh, he was playing Chaos. He was playing Chaos. All Slanesh. Nice. Uh, Alex was playing his Stormcast Eternals. Slanesh can fly everywhere. That's the point. They're fast and they can fly. It's kind of cool. Um, and then our friend Taz was there and Taz was playing with her, uh... Her mostly wood elves. Mostly wood elves with a little Sylvaneth treak and stuff mixed in. Um... You know, three quick scenarios. The scenarios are pretty fun. I picked the ones that I thought would be, you know, um, the, the 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 some a little stranger, you know, to to get your scenarios done. You know, having to move around a lot, move your characters around on the board a lot, um, rolling up for weird things. We did do the uh, "Don't You Forget About Me," which was the Breakfast Club scenario. Um, it, it you had the it was Secret Agent Man. You had secret agent cards and the card I, kn- I got sucks well, well it, is not very fun to play and uh hey that's not my problem the point is <laughs> it was secret agent man stuff and that's the scenario that's like my favorite scenario so i had to i had to put it in there um but uh so alex you know alex won best overall and this was fun it was so close we went we, i mean we literally, uh, we went to, we had to go to tiebreakers. Um, Alex had one more. Many tiebreakers. Well, no, Alex actually, it's funny. As I was waiting for the stuff to come in, I was waiting for the last of the sheets to come in in the last round. Um, before the last, like, two sheets came in, first place, Alex and Christian Ware were tied um, for points. They were tied for best sports votes, second favorite sports votes. All right, no, best opponent votes, second favorite opponent votes. They were tied on points for primary, secondary, and tertiary scenarios. And they didn't score all the points, but they had the exact same points for each, you know, each column. Um, literally, we had no more tiebreakers. One of the things I learned is to, uh, for this, if it, in case it gets that crazy, especially when you've only got a few players like this, where it can be close, is to uh, have people keep track of how many pool choices they kill. Because that's what it would, should have come down to, if nothing else. That way, you know, how many pool choices did you kill each round? Total pool choices killed. That's literally going into each game. That's like how many points did you kill in each game, basically, would be, I would say, Harrison. Um, uh, that would have to. I know what pool choices are. I'm not completely out of the loop. Okay. Well, you know, you're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. So I was just like, okay. no, I just don't know how to count that. Uh, Wanger well, had to count that for me because I have no idea how to do that. Oh, okay. Um, 
but that's why I should have had people take. Keep, that's something I should have put on the, uh, the 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 list at the end. How many pool choices did you kill? Um, because you know that was that was something I needed in there. Because literally now, when the last of the sheets came in, Alex got another favorite a favorite opponent vote, um, which made him the, it gave him the win through tiebreakers. If he hadn't, literally, we had nothing to go on. I was I was afraid that I was going to have to take my six squared studios. Um, Shameless plug. My my objective markers that are numbered one through six and like shuffle them and lay them face down on the table and have them draw objective markers. And I didn't want the the tournament to be won on, you know, you know, here who can you know, who can roll a six, <laughs> you know, which is basically the same thing. Who could pick up the six piece? Um, so it was that close, and everyone was having a, that. You know, everyone was having fun and keep keeping it together, keeping it uh, close at least up. You know, at the end there. Um, so Christian then wound up getting you know best general, and uh, and you took best sports. I don't know how. Um, you got the most points. I I don't need your sarcasm. <laughs> You and Wenger actually tied, and you actually voted for each other for best or favorite opponent, which I thought was hysterical because uh, it, it literally came down. You had the t- t- tied points. And hey, it was a ton of fun playing against him. Yeah, and um, I only asked people to vote for their favorite and second favorite opponent, and um, I didn't, you know, obviously the, the third would have been there, but I just asked him to yeah, vote for that. Yeah, thanks for not putting us in the position to rank everybody. So, I mean, well, you still were, but you didn't have to write that third name down. I never thought it would get that far. Um, you had two favorite and one second, and John had one favorite and two second. So, um, but you were the only two. You, had, you tied for the highest sports score, and you were the only two to get all three. Uh, yeah, I... Your that that means that all three, three of our opponents ranked you either for first us. or second. Yeah, at least first or second. So that was pretty cool. Um, and and you looked so surprised. <laughs> so, I I was shocked. I didn't think I was going to win anything. And so you got your nice little certificate, like everybody else, signed by your dad. Is it up on your wall? Are you proud of it? Is it you put it it's up on your wall? Sitting on my desk. Oh, okay. it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, kind of. I just yeah. Gee, thanks, Dad. There you go. That's all I ever wanted to hear, son. All right. Uh, Lindsay is vomiting over here. So um, I just, like I said, I just figured come on and just wanted to hear somebody say they had a good time who's not me saying everybody had a great time. (laughs) Yeah, I had a good time. I'm surprised. You know, now granted, it was a very small tournament, and I suppose if you're running something much bigger, your downtime is less. But boy, did I have a lot of downtime in between rounds. I graded finals from Friday. Yeah, that's what I was looking. I was like, hmm, somebody's just grading late work, it looks like. I graded all the finals that I gave on Friday. Um, Second round, I started reading the uh, Silver Tower uh, book from Black Library. Um, I was showing it off. I had my copy of Silver Tower built and out on the table there in case anyone wanted to pick it up and look at it and try it out. Um, You had people coming and looking at it. And then they came out and they went to go buy it, too. So that was pretty cool. Um, it was it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty cool. So, 
um, all in all, can't wait till July to run one again. Um, I can't see 12 players if we do sell out because that's all you can really fit at UGG. It's not huge. Um, can't see 12 players being that much more difficult than six. Um, I'll still have that downtime. I'm going to be ready this time. I'm going to know to have stuff to do. But I'm super excited. Like, I just I feel like this is one of the few things that I've never been on that side to participate and do, and now I've sort of done it. So I was happy with it. I'm proud of me. So, all right, I'm done. I'm proud of you, too. Yeah, thank you. Now shut up. Um, <laughs> you big liar head. All right. That, I mean, that was about it. I just wanted you to jump on for that. You don't have to keep, you know. I mean, you can stay on if you want. I'm just going to wrap this up and go to commercial. I got, like, stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, d- yeah. I know you've got video games to play. So. Hey, I'm not even playing anything. I'm learning things. What are you learning? I'm learning pre-calc because i'm afraid of the new trier kids oh whatever i hate the new trier kids well i'm afraid of them stop it go away turn off your mic don't say those things on my show you are not afraid of the new trier kids that's no a, that's no, a lie no i didn't i no, didn't hang it up turn it off i'm not not will, afraid there you go goes your mic i'm turning you down i love you son Go do your thing. I'll be up in a little while, and we can watch Daredevil. All right. Um, let's do the other and then go to the break. Um, all right. So other. Um, ooh, yes. Just downloaded, and it was free on Audible. Um, Larry Correa um, put out a new book. Uh, it's only a two-hour read, and it's read by Adam Baldwin, um, which is just awesome. Uh, Jane from Firefly, if you're not remembering. Uh, it's the adventures of... The adventures of Tom Stranger, interdimensional insurance agent. Um, apparently, uh, Mr. Correa was <laughs> riding around with a friend and there was an insurance agent. Uh, and I, it wasn't Tom Stranger. It was Tom Stanger or Tom St- Danger or something like that, and he misread it and said, "Tom Stranger, what kind of insurance would they spy from that guy? Interdimensional insurance?" And he was like, "That's kind of funny." And he wrote a little short story, and uh, they wrote it, and Adam Baldwin recorded it, and uh, it's free on Audible. It's free on Audible, so go download it, listen to it. Listen to something by one of my favorite authors. Um, you won't be sad. Um, podcasts. I've been listening to a bunch. I actually took a break from Dragon Vein, uh, books two and three, only because the podcast thing was loading up, uh, listening to the obligatory face hammer four-hour episode. Dude, that make my show look short. Um, welcome to Night Vale as usual. Um, enjoying the mortal realms. You know, I've been listening to the Lost Lighthouse. Now I don't listen to the. I just listened to the Age of Sigma. I listen to their Age of Sigmar part podcast. Um, there are a lot. There's uh, those are two guys I could hang out with. If you haven't listened to it, they're they're quite fun. They're funny. Um, they're an enjoyable um, cast to listen to. Um, now. I, I know a lot of you have heard me recommend um, before Welcome to Night Vale, which is a great, interesting um, little 
it's just it's a bizarre little program. But we I've talked about it many times. They have a new show out called Alice Isn't Dead. Um, just go onto your iTunes or whatever it is and look for Alice Isn't Dead. There's about six or seven episodes out now, and man, that's a really weird, weird show. Half hour uh, episodes. Um, just this lady seems to be almost like talking into you know like a recorder recording her thoughts as she's uh, she's tr- driving a truck. Um, it's really cool, good stuff. Um, now, two that are more to everybody's speed. Uh, if you've seen Cinema Sins on YouTube, and if you haven't, go to YouTube and look up Cinema Sins. Their videos are amazing. They've started a podcast called Sincast, and this is brilliant. If you like movies, these are guys who love movies and watch a lot of movies and have worked in in, in the in the theaters, like managing movie theaters. Um, the show is funny. Um, they talk. They they they've they've started this weird thing where they started from the year they were born, so like um, mid seventies, and they kind of pick every year and they go through and they talk about some of the better films of the year that they really liked, and then they all kind of pick a bunch of films that they liked, and then they sort of vote on what the best film of that year was, and it doesn't always jive with what the Academy did, um, but it's it's a brilliant cast if you like film um it's fun and funny um and then i've got one last thing and then we're gonna take a break because i know i've been going long hello from the magic tavern and if you haven't heard hello from the magic tavern um it's recorded here in chicago and arnie Neekamp is like the main guy here's the here's the gist of the show this guy arnie was over at the Burger King on, I think, on Elston. And as he went through the drive-thru, he turned around the corner and his car somehow went through a dimensional portal and whoop, dropped out of our reality and into the magical land of Foon, into the town of Hogsface. Um, and there's the, the portal on their side is only, the, the hole's only about the side, like you like kind of stick your pinky in it. So he can't get back. Um, but there, the, the whole, the, the gap in the dimensions is there. So he's still getting a slight Wi-Fi signal from the Burger King. So he is recording and uploading a podcast weekly to just let people know about this other dimension and what it's like. And it's like the sort of a, you know, a fantasy realm. And so he's at this place called the Vermilion Minotaur, which is the tavern that he hangs out in. He records this podcast with uh, a guy named Chunt, the uh, shape-shifting talking badger, and Usador, the blue uh, wizard. And it's, the first couple episodes I thought it was weird, and it just gets better every episode. It is not for kids. Um, And it is not necessarily safe for work. But it is a podcast that the, the more, you know, you give it a chance, it's a little weird, um, they improvise a lot, and it's beautiful because you can tell if you listen to their improv. Um, but as the episodes have gone on and, and, and more and more people have shown up for him to interview, you know, they sort of come back and, you know, the story is building. It's, it's just brilliant. If you really want a chance to listen to something fantastic, hello from the Magic Tavern. It's a weekly podcast. Um, they're only about 30 minutes apiece. Um, it is... There's 63 episodes now. Um, 
when I started listening, they had almost a year's worth. I listened to it all in about a week just because I was listening to at least one episode on the way up to work and at least one on the way home. And, uh, and when I, whenever I had free time, I was, I just playing through it because they're hysterical. They're really fun. So that's my other, I would say, give that a shot. Um, and that's that, that's everything. So I'm going to take a break when I come back. Um, we got, um, McClure and Domus and, um, we're just, uh, we can't talk about everything. Okay. We're just talking about our, you know, we, what, you know, for those of you who don't know them, how did they get into gaming and then talk about basically our last year, year and a half of gaming and what we're looking forward to with the upcoming generals compendium and our hopes for that. Um, I hope you enjoy it because I certainly did. Um, so we're going to jump back in time and take it right from here, right to the end of the show. So we'll be back in just a moment with that. Unique Gibson Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com. Hey folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. And seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. am back and it's not just me and Lindsay, folks i am here with my good friends domus and tom mcclure domus tom thanks for coming on the show thank you so um we're at two people one skype which is uh not as odd as some of the other things that are two people one thing but um so <laughs> so we're gonna try to work with this uh uh 
Domus, um, Domus is a little harder to hear than McClure, which as McClure was so 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 quick to point out is usually the exact opposite. So um, we're going to work with this, folks, and we're going to get this this going here. But um, for now, for those of you who who aren't from the Midwest and and don't know. Domus and McClure as intimately as I do. Uh, why don't you guys uh, take a minute to introduce yourselves, let people know, you know, how long have you guys been gaming? Uh, how long have you been involved with uh, Games Workshop games, maybe, uh, in particular? So uh, why don't we start with you? you go first, Tom? Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, yeah? All right. All right. So, uh, gosh, it was like seventh grade. I got into the Warhammer, played during the summers and such. And it was third edition for me. Yeah, what's seventh grade? Like, you know. Oh, when was that? Yeah. I don't know. So it was around 87 or so. Okie doke. Yeah. So uh, I started collecting some of the metal blisters and I got the nice third edition plastics. And we didn't play it right, but we played and had a blast uh, just just collecting miniatures and painting stuff. And then, uh, then I dropped it for a while and. Got back into it in 6th edition around 2002. Met my phone friend Domus at the game store here and started getting into uh, weekly games at the Smoky Game Store and coming home smelling like smoke. <laughs> and found a tournament scene. Uh, went to Adepticon in 2004. Took home the prize uh, the first time I went. Some people say it's because of the bloodthirster. I say yeah, it was a bunch of luck. <laughs> and after that, I just kept on rolling with it. I just uh, decided this was going to be my hobby for life. I was going to collect enough so all my friends and I could play forever. And I um, got pretty terrified a year ago once things got shook up a little bit. But I rode, rode the lightning and I couldn't be happier with the way things are going. All right. Wow. I okay. I did not know that story. So that <laughs> <laughs> intimate, but in other ways, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what about you, Domus? Um, I started probably back in '96, '97, uh, playing Necromunda with a buddy of mine, and then I too kind of dropped out for a while. Got married, um, started a family, and and restarted it back up in 2002. Actually, because I was looking at the Her Starts website, interestingly enough was what led me back to Warhammer and Games Workshop in general. Um, you know, like Tom says, we met at the Smoky Games Store. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was an ex-smoker, so it was bad for me. So, oh, jeez. Um, and, and we did. We, we started gaming regularly, found the tournament scene, and, and have loved it, and have been doing something in some way, shape, or form ever since. All right. Now, I know. Now, Tom, you said you were you, – you've printed in – pretty much you've been in pretty much since you know you got back in 2002 oh my gosh i yeah fanatic just it's it's so many different aspects of what i want and it always has been with the uh the collecting i've always been a huge collector and then it, it doesn't show but i actually enjoy painting and then the <laughs> The gaming and the, the mental aspect, the one-on-one -on -one across the table for a couple hours, the strategery, uh, and then add to that road trips. Holy cow. I mean, so so many aspects that I just love dearly. So it just hits on all, all cylinders one. for you. Now, don't is, you know, I had to choose. Yeah. I had my wife actually made me choose between this and computer games, and I chose wisely. I think so. I I had to as well. Uh, well, actually, I was just told find a different hobby because I'm sick of you sitting in front of the <laughs> Xbox. 
And I, uh-huh. th- I think my wife at, at times, you know, regrets when she sees all the junk in the basement. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. The same club uh, your wife now, and mine. Then yeah. Now Dome is. <laughs> you have not been sort of all in at all times since two thousand two. Oh no! Oh, I uh, I rage quit hard when Eighth Edition dropped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, you did. And I was terrible. Um, I did. It, it broke my particular army that I'd been running for about the last year and a half, two years, and it'd been basically coming in second place at every damn tournament known to man. And uh, uh, yeah, I was not. I was not pleased with it. It took a long time to coax me back into it and trying it, and then. I did come back about a year later and, and was playing and having fun with it. It was never the game I wanted it to be, um, which I suppose a lot more people can relate to now. But I just kind of relegated myself to, you know, I miss the people. And we made a lot of friends in the tournament scene over the years. And I had a lot of fun hanging out at the tournaments and drinking and gaming. So I came back for that and just played the game the way everybody else was playing it. Cool. You know what Doma said about the community, that, that, that really is what we've come to find is really the heart of what matters. And so, yeah, we absolutely love the game and so many aspects of it. But uh, the community, really, I'm glad you mentioned that. that, that that's just how, how fortunate to have all these different aspects you enjoy and then to have, you know, we're, we're in the heart of the Midwest. We're kind of really lucky with where we're at because we have so many tournaments that go on around and such an amazing group of guys in all these surrounding states and oh, gals. Sure. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Even though I don't get to go to a lot of tournaments, but it's just even the few that I've gone to and get to meet people, and it's like we all sort of know each other. And uh, it is. It's it's really fun. I mean, I know I've been to tournaments at times where it's like we've played a couple of games, and it's like I'm getting kind of tired. I got a little headachey, and I'm like, you know, I'd really rather just kind of – I'm just kind of glad to be here and hanging out. Like I really don't care if I'm playing the game at some point or right. not. I'm just glad we're all hanging out, you know. Um, That's how I felt at Grant's couple weeks ago it was just you know we were playing but we ended up playing more board games than miniature games and you know there was just a bunch of guys i hadn't seen in a while it was great to just hang out and have a good time and and drink beer exactly exactly and so um now uh so now tom you said something that i that i want to come back to you now you said you got a little scared about a year ago when AOS came out. And let's face it, everybody did. Yeah. I mean, everybody sure did. did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, nobody, nobody knew what to make of the game. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to rehash all the old things, but we are going to talk about that a little bit today. And, uh, you know, I, I, try, I try not to talk about it too much because I think, you know, we don't need to pitch this game to people who are listening. People who are listening are here because they, you know, they want to be here. They're listening. You know, um, but by the same token, um, I think it's kind of it's just just to just to sort of get to where our our mindsets were. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this game came out, and this is sort of part of what, where the topic is kind of going. You know, it gave us something that I mean, I don't think any of us knew what to make of the game. Oh my goodness! And I'm looking at our hordes of collections, <sighs> right? Yeah, and just. Not knowing, well, and not it, knowing, and it almost didn't make sense because you know it's like they, you know GW wants to sell models, and suddenly they put up this game. It's like, 
Wait, I, I, what, what, I don't even need all these models. Why would I be even buying more? Like, what did you do? What are you? What's going on here? Like, this makes no sense from a business standpoint or any standpoint. We were all confused. We didn't know how to play the game. We, we, we took the rules. We tried to play it. Um, I think, I mean, just anybody who was listening to any podcasts throughout those first month or just sitting in a group with your friends, I mean, how many times do we accidentally come to the table and and completely roll some roll your partner, and then the next game you got rolled completely, and we didn't even know why we were getting rolled. You know, that was the the part that was out of our control too. Like, I actually I started playing and I enjoyed it, and I actually got my kids into it, and I was like, "There's there's a lot of things about this that I actually really like, but I didn't know if it would take hold." The the community aspect of it was was such an important part of planning and building and working towards tournaments always was kind of the incentive to keep going uh, a little bit faster than uh, you know you otherwise would your priorities of life would take over but whenever a tournament came up yeah i'm gonna go get something done and that that where's the community gonna go um was kind of the bothering aspect sure i had a bunch of stuff i could play in my basement but that that was a big part of it yeah, uh, yeah, and it and it, it went everywhere, you know. Um, <laughs> well, you know was, what happened? It was a weird. It was a weird time because it was not. It was like, and I mean, you see how important community is, and we you can't. I don't think you can overstate how important our community is to all of us, because. Anybody who decided they didn't want to stay with this game, they I mean, everybody staked their claim to a game. You know, we chose this one. People chose other games. And everybody who chose their game wanted, I mean, but nobody wanted to give up the community. Like, everybody wanted the whole community to pick their game with them. Right. Which is where that, it got. That was a big deal. There were a lot of people. And, got, and it got. And that, everybody felt the sense of and, that. Yeah, that's when it got ugly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And people were mad. People were mad at GW. Oh, yeah. And, and to some extent, rightfully so. You know, I always have been mad at GW before. I get it. Um, but, you know, that that kind of turned and and was directed back to the community and not necessarily to the source, unfortunately. That's kind of my take on that, too. You know, that, they had all that anger and no place to go. So, guess who got it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So the first, the first flicker of light was uh was the first tournament that i went to actually for me uh in december right with mary mayhem and and he ran it as a narrative event and i i couldn't believe how good that felt we we you know we got in the car again we went to the tournament again there was only a dozen of us or so we played you know six versus six a narrative event with this game that i i really enjoyed the mechanics. I actually enjoyed a bunch of the business decisions by then that they'd been making, um, you know, with all the free PDFs of everything and such, Mm -hmm. um, and the lower cost models and whatever. And, and that, that was, that was something to grab onto was okay. There's, there's a little burning ember here that caught fire. And every month after that has just been building and building and building, uh, Almost a tournament a month. Pretty wild. Oh, cool. That's really the reality of our our gaming. You know, the reality of our gaming for the last 10 years with kids has really been we play in tournaments. 
and that's when we get our game in. You know, sometimes we do Friday nights or Saturday nights, or, or we can get together for a little bit more. But over the years, the bulk of all of our gaming has come from tournaments. Scene was kind of a big question mark. That was a big question mark for us, too, which is kind of why we sidetracked into Infinity for a little bit. Um, and then Tom went to this tournament. I didn't go and came back and was just raving about it. So I was excited to get to the next event. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's where, you know, and it, it, the fact that it was a narrative event. I mean, it's like you had to realize, OK, we can't play. We don't know how to play. <laughs> no, nobody knew how to play with. I mean, everyone was trying to come up with it, with some way to, to, to make it a point or a wounds or a whatever. And, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know what? Forget it. Let's just play with a story and see how that works. Yeah. And put down a lot of terrain because that's the first thing we realized was. <laughs> well, it was so funny because okay, let's 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 flash back to seventh edition. Put a put a put a penny in the middle of the table. Now measure out a foot circle around it. No terrain in the middle of the table. Remember that rule? Oh, my goodness, yeah. And everything wound up in the middle of the table. Then terrain went everywhere, but we still didn't use a ton of it because it didn't necessarily matter too much, and you kind of moved it around. And then we started playing this, and everything wound up in the middle of the table, and it was like, oh, this sucks. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's put in a lot more terrain. Let's tell a story. Let's make a let's make something other than killing it your point. And suddenly it's like, oh wow, because that was the same thing that happened here. You know, we played a couple of games where it was like, okay, try to kill it, and it's like, okay, this is. Let's play. Let's just play the. Let's play the thing out of the book. Let's just play the story out of the book. And that was the. That's that's where Harrison's like, wow, this is really fun, even though it was twenty guys against three. Yeah, yeah, actually it was. You know, all those silly little stories from the the six scenarios from the. Uh, from the starter box, you have three stormcasts and a healer. He has twenty guys who just keep coming back over and over and over again. Can you last five turns? Oh, this was this was fun as heck, and uh, it really educated us how to play for fun. We um we year after year, uh, edition after edition, we would try to start building a community, and then we would kind of really uh, kick them in the teeth as. <laughs> As we practiced our tournament lists and we, you know, it wasn't all about fun. It was about practicing for tournaments. And so now this, this really said, Hey, what about the fun side? And, uh, that's what AOS really brought for me was something that, uh, yeah, you can be competitive and yeah, you can be strategic, but in our basement games now, it's enabled us to do even more multiplayer than before. You know, with Triumph and Treachery, this this kind of multiplayer and this type of scenario setting, it's uh, it's more fun. It took me forever just to realize how much fun it could be when you had it's such a fluid table. When my stuff could kind of move everywhere and do anything, because at first it looked like a hot mess, because it was a hot mess, because I just blobbed everything <laughs> forward, because I just like I got all these zombies and I don't want to sit there taking forever. It's just like oh, kind of just get them all forward, and then it was just like oh wait, I can slide these guys off a little bit to the left, and I'm going to drag him all the way over this way, and it was just like oh wait, I oh strategy, hey, how are you? Right, I, I thought you left. It's good. I thought you yeah, left. It took like five or six months to to sink in how, how differently and to move around and such. Oh, yeah. Break some of the 
but I mean, and that's the thing. It's a whole new game system. And when it's a whole new game, and I get people didn't want to learn a whole new game system. You know, I get that. I mean, we all get that. Everyone's got their thing that they want to do, you know. Um, but I'm just, you know, I was just like, like you said, it was that nerves. And it's like once you realized it, it, it's just and the reason I'm even bringing this up. Why are we why are we rehashing stuff that stories that everybody knows because we all went through it? Um well, actually, two reasons. One is it's going to come up later because it's in my notes for later. And two is because actually something else that's going to come up later is that, um, especially now, I've been getting emails from listeners who are new to the game, who didn't go through any of this. You know what I'm oh, saying? What a perspective. You know, people who are coming into this who ha- who didn't play Eighth. They didn't play Fantasy until AOS came out. So they didn't yeah. deal with... Oh, you know, I don't know. I'm, they're just coming in, and this is the this is the game they played. So they didn't have to deal with all the 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 derm and strong and all the angst and you know you know the game didn't turn into a German expressionist movie. It was you know um, <laughs> it was, it, you know it was just hey look I'm having fun. How dare you? You know. Um, so I just thought it was kind of you know, that that we go through that because all of these different points are gonna, are coming up a little bit later. Uh, in our notes, and I wanted just to hit kind of where we all came from. Uh, Domus, I got to admit, um, you when you started tweeting after after Tom came back from that tournament, and you, you know he had you come over, and he, and you were playing, and you started tweeting about that you were that's it, I'm all in. Um, I I was like, he has him chained in the basement, like it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was never, I was never out though, Dave. But, I, but, okay, but there's a difference between not being out and being out. all in. There's a difference yeah. between not, you know. Oh, there what I'm was saying? a huge difference. Yeah, I, I, I decided before it even came out that whatever it was, I was going to embrace it and try it. And we played it and tried it in the basement, um, but we just didn't know what was going to happen with tournaments, and everything kind of had been suspended. Right. Um, and with no tournaments, you know, my excitement kind of kind of whittled down and then there was a shiny new infinity and i'm a sucker for new shiny new games oh, tell me so about I, it what? <laughs> <laughs> we've all got a little rallying in us we just we also have a little we you know <laughs> oh, that sounded bad <laughs> <laughs> sorry yeah yeah well so does andrea but that's not the point <laughs> <laughs> So, but you know what I'm saying, Dome. It's like I know I was. I mean, you know, we're we're pals. We talk, and I know you were kind of cautious and steady. But all of a sudden, it was one day. You're like, "That's it. I'm all in." And I'm like, "All right, well, we've got Domus." You know what I think that you know, and that day I kind of felt like we've got a Hulk. You know, <laughs> like right. <laughs> the big things for me was we Tom and I played after that, and we played some scenarios and in in his basement, and it was objective based scenarios, which is something I'd found in Infinity. And was like, I love this. Why haven't we been, you know, because it had never been about objective-based scenarios. It had been always about skill. And um, it just added such a different, unique dimension to the game. And then added the fact that that Mo had written the Clash comp. And now it was these pools with the sideboard, um, which is a concept I really at first was nervous about. Because Andrew Sherman was doing it in 8th edition. And I was kind of like, eh. But in Age of Sigmar, it made so much sense to me, and I'm like, man, I can I can tailor my army to match my opponent, 
you know, I can play filthy if I'm playing Brad, and I can play fluffy if I'm playing Andrea. And that's <laughs> perfect, right? Right. Perfect. I can match my opponent, like, to the nines and give, and then everybody has a better game. Exactly. Exactly. No, I agree 100%. So, I mean, I was just so happy when when I'm seeing people were, were coming around and saying that, that they're in and we're going with it and we're liking it. Um, MoComp was yeah, kind of brilliant because... It was. It was. It was a great, you know, first draft. And for me, it was, you know, uh, in addition to some other things, but it was the major factor to pull me back in. Yeah, I got you got to give that guy a lot of credit, man. If he ever comes here to America to any tournament, I'm definitely buying that guy dinner. Oh, my goodness, yes. Because that was that really, I mean, even, cause I mean, now, I mean, South Coast GT is, is a really popular and, and it's it's really well-written comp. Um, but even yeah, even they said they, they took it and they based it off of that, you know. Yeah. So without that, someone had to sort of grab it and run with it, and he did a, a bang-up job. I mean, I was just, we, that was amazing, so. But so now, um, we've sort of got. I think we've, we've we've laid our we've laid our our foundation here where we're at. Um, but so one of the reasons I asked you guys to come on, and I actually we were going to do this last episode when it was all fresh in our heads, but we all got busy, so we're doing it now. Uh, we were at Grant's house. Uh, well, you guys were at Grant's house for his birthday. You mentioned it. You guys were all there playing all day. I was. Uh, I was doing Girl Scout stuff all day, and then finally when I got home and put the girls to bed, Harrison and I. Uh, jumped in the car and showed up there near the end of the night. And uh, after playing some card games, uh, you, the, the three of us and uh, some of the other guys that were there got into some interesting conversations uh, when we started talking about the General's Handbook. And so I thought it would be fun to talk about some of that stuff on the air because I think we were all very excited for it, but there were some really, some, some you know, worth, worth asking questions. So what I want to do right now is take, I need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll jump into uh, talking a little bit about the General's Handbook and our hopes and uh, possibly even a little bit of what, you know, what makes us a bit nervous about it. So we'll be back in just a minute. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army.
And guess what? We're back. See, that wasn't so hard. No, even even I can do it. <laughs> learn a lot from a dummy. So, um, all right. Uh, okay, so first of all, we said we're going to talk about the General's Handbook. How excited are you guys for this book? Okay, not at all. Great. That, all right, folks, on our next episode. Start over. Ding, dang, wow, okay. Are you guys, let me rephrase that. How excited are you guys for this book? It's kind of overwhelming. Okay, yeah. It's, it, it is, it is uh, I knew, I knew they were always a PDF away, so to speak, from just having a point system. It's like they, they had all this stuff. Right. And then they come out with all this fluff and now we own points. Well, when they when they came out and they said, you know what, three different ways. I was like, gosh, I guess I kind of understood that, but I didn't realize it. And for them to say, you know, the open, the narrative or points, I was like, I like this because I can play for fun in my basement and I can play for points in a tournament or a game store like everybody said. And uh, I love army building. The, uh, the bless the people that came out the SDK and the pools and all that because it, it enabled some army building that I really enjoyed and uh, you know there's 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 that aspect of getting back to something that we had before and we uh, enjoyed it for competitive play. Right. You know, am I worried about points for the basement? Not a bit, not a single bit. Am I worried about points for bringing people in? And, you know, I'm not in a, a major city that gets together at a game store with people you don't know. Um, but I think it's just adding. It's just adding the whole, it's like you got a whole nother room on your house. You're just like, oh, here's a new room. What's in here? <laughs> and uh, that's very exciting. Yeah, now, before we jump too much into the points thing, can I just say, I like the no points, like now that we're used to it. I mean, now so I mean much. now. Granted, so now when we do the tournament stuff, like I, I, you know, I just, I just ran my one day. I mean, the pool, the pool choices is basically points on a war scroll scale. I mean, that's what it is, uh, and I don't, and I like that for the tournaments. But you know, hanging out, I like just getting together, hanging out, and planning a game with a friend, or just picking a scenario and kind of reading what it's like and and playing some stuff. I like. I mean, but I mean. Anyone who's been listening to the show knows my favorite way to play even 8th edition was to play, um, you know, Mighty Empires. Where, yes, we were playing with points, but it was all based around the stories and what extra stuff could you get off the board and how things were going that way and throwing in a whole bunch of other things. I mean, Chris, you and I, I think my favorite group of games I played was when we had that string of episodes where we played the uh, the, the narrative campaign with the scenarios all strung together and not a one of them was even close to balanced because I never, I never you know, I just, I don't care about that. I want to have fun games and stuff. In fact, what I've been doing lately when I've been playing is, um, you know, I have, uh, if I have a friend come over to the house to play the game, um, they come by to play. And it's like, what, am I, what should I bring? Well, why don't you bring what you want to play? And it's like the mm-hmm. visitor the visitor can come over and bring whatever they want to play because I have all my stuff here. Right. Once you show up with what you wanted to play with, whether it's filthy or fun, I'll see what you brought, and then we can go from there. You know, it's like, okay, well, what if you got this? All right, and then we can, uh, you know, figure out something that's going to be not too way off the charts. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're ex- you're, you're- – 
you're right on. It's with expectations, really. And so I think that's where there's some people that are timid and some people that are like, no way. And other people are like, yeah, yeah, I'll use that with regards to points. Because the you know if you're expecting it to even out everything and for it to become chess, it's never done that. The point systems in Warhammer have, have never done that. And so... It, it just comes down to expectations. You know, if it's enabling people to kind of have, you know, more competitive play, I, I can't fathom. I do a lot of math. I aced every math course I ever took, and I took them all. <laughs> um, it's uh, I don't know how they're going to do it to, uh, to, because there's so many different facets with all the different war scrolls and the way that the, the, the themes work together and complement each other. I, well, I don't my, know how you do that with math. My <laughs> hope is that what I've read on the rumor sites is kind of true and that they're going by war scroll, sort of like the pool system. Yeah. Is that they just go by the war scroll and that there is no paying for upgrades or champions or any of that stuff. You're not paying by yeah, the model. Like, I don't know how else they do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm at a slightly different point than either of you two because I'm in the cautiously optimistic for the points category. Because uh, I really like the pool system. I mean, I really like it. I think it's awesome. I do too. So, so I'm you know, there's a piece of me that's like, oh, I don't want to let this go. But the other half of me is saying, well, points, you know, the, the big thing I think we're going to get with points is I think it's going to bring a lot. It has the potential to bring a lot of people back to the game. If they do it in a, in a decent manner, people will come back. And, and that's a win, you know, at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if there's more people playing. That's a win. Yeah, and I think I'm, I think we're all in the same boat. Then I mean, I think I'm in the same place as you. I just, uh, like I said, I got a feeling that the points are going to be more of a per war scroll, which will be sort of like the pool choices. Um, I just, I, I guess my my fear is that they're going to say, and this is kind of what we heard from. You know, from that li- those little tiny bits we heard from when Dan Heelan and and the and Bad Dice and the Face Hammer guys put out the, their you know their little thing was you know you could play a two thousand point game or something equivalent of two thousand points and it's like the only thing I don't want to go back to and I mean I and I'm saying I don't want to do it before I've seen it or know anything about it, which is you know that's kind of <laughs> dumb of me you know I don't want to do that but I, you know. Uh, Round bases are going to suck. I'll never go to round bases. But eat your vegetables. But <laughs> get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> I, but I love what I love about the pool choices. I mean, it's not so much that that it's the way it's pointed is that I come with X and I only play Y, and that's what I'm hoping to keep. I like that when I walk up to the table, I can start putting stuff out and I'm only putting out part like like you said earlier Domus the ability to adjust my list when I get up to the table for who I'm playing and that's what I'm hoping is still in there because that's the one thing I really still want to see I don't care how they figure out how to work the points and even if it's not TOs can do anything well sure yeah you know and and that's the uh, that's kind of if anything else if we take away from what happened last year is is we don't have to be rigid thinkers about this. Not every event has to be a copycat clone of the other one. And, you know, tournament organizers can do whatever the heck they want. 
or we can all just go along and do pretty much whatever Joe Rogers does because that seems to be the. the <laughs> I mean, that always works. Let, I mean, that's what the last two or three years we've all kind of done. I mean, it kind of seems to be the way because he's the January man. I mean, you know, everything happens and Joe's got to make the decision first. And the guy's just really smart and makes really good decisions and he manages to pull off something really good. And everyone else says, yeah, let's do that. So, um, and like I said, I just, that's, like I said, that's... I, that's the way it comes to play. I have no problem with the point system. You know, I'm like I said, and I'm not trying to preach to the choir here, but uh, I just, I kind of love the the no points, and I'm I'm I am optimistic for them. You know, because I can't I, wait and and see what they give us, and you know, I I do think it's fantastic. You know, it's kind of a whole new company. They're reaching out to communities. Um, they're reaching out to you podcasters and send you stuff to review. They, you know, they've engaged those guys over in the UK for playtesting. You know, they're reaching out, and that's that's something that we haven't seen in in what feels like ages. New CEO, that guy knows what he's doing. Thank goodness they hired that guy. Yeah, Huge fan. The the quantity of new models they're pumping out is just insane, and the quality. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I bought wholeheartedly into the Oric release because I loved all the models. So, you know, it's all tight. How long can they keep this up, though? This is crazy. Like, every other week something's coming out. And I know they've got... Well, here's the thing. Right now they've got to. They came out with a whole new game in a whole new world. They've got to keep stuff coming out until they flesh everything out. I mean, they've still got a couple of armies they haven't even touched on yet. Except, well... Now we saw a couple of these new elf models in the uh, Warhammer Quest release. Which oh, just, my goodness. <laughs> so nice. Just, there's a whole, you know, the rumor is a whole new line of Sylvanas elf stuff in the this summer. So, yeah. You know, it doesn't look inside. Yeah. It's I a, mean, it's brilliant. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't say enough about how, how great it is that all this stuff is coming out. I mean, you know... And, uh, I mean, talk about a, a game coming out that, I mean, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, you know, it released Saturday, and I open up my White Dwarf, and first of all, you open up the game, and, and it's got, it already says, hey, if you own these models, which aren't included in the <laughs> set because they're already models you might own, here's some rules for them. And White Dwarf's got that set of heroes now that you can buy with, that come with the, with the, with the rules for this, the, what is it, the... The um, the chaos guy and the 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 one fire uh, rune smith and the the uh, you know the the zinch lord uh, that I can't find on their website, so I don't know. I couldn't even price him out to see how much he actually cost. And then the one stormcast guy with the wings, you know, and the four- oh, the deal was outrageous. Fifty five. When, when you already have it and you're still looking at it, and you're like, maybe I need another because that's such a great. Deal. Well, the best part was I literally was going to order this week that flying that that one character, the the Stormcast character, because it's one of the few I don't own. Yeah. And that's like that guy's forty bucks, and then well, okay, for an extra five bucks for each of the other models, which are thirty dollars a model, except for the one that I couldn't price out, he might have been twenty. But still, why why wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I mean that's literally if even if he's twenty, that's a hundred and twenty dollars worth of models for fifty five bucks. That's less than half of their regular cost. That might be the best deal they've put out so far of all their deals. I don't know. Those get started sets are pretty legit, man. But those are eighty five bucks for anywhere between a hundred twenty and a hundred and fifty dollars worth of models. That's still just over half of retail. This is just under half. I mean, it's still. A crazy, stupid deal. And, geez, talk about a way to get people to buy all your little character models. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, you know, buy anything you want. We'll find a way to let you play with it. <laughs> it's So, okay, let's move on then because I think we're, we've got this down how we're talking about. We're pretty excited. Um, and what, what we did like about playing, and so this is coming out. So let me ask you guys. Um, do you think this was planned or do you think this is just a reaction to the negativity in the community when it first came out and there were no points? Cause I, 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 I mean, obviously we can't know the answer to this. We don't work for the company. We don't, I mean, but what do you think? You, th- you mean the points? Yeah. Oh, uh, somebody posted on Twitter that Jervis said at the Warhammer that basically the games day they had it with the UK that he just kind of flat out stated that they made some mistakes when they rolled it out. So do I think they planned points? I think they potentially concept it, concepted it, but I think if they had planned it as part of the rollout, they would have done it. Okay. You know, and then there, there's the other half of the argument that says, well, they wanted to break us first, you know, get us used to no points before they reintroduced points because it was a complete... You know, some people might use um, a different word than I'm going to say here, but I'm going to say mind shift to get used to no points and then to come back to it, you know, just kind of opened up some new dimensions. Yeah, and I mean, that's basically, it's got to be one of those two, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it seems that the retention of the player base would have worked better had it come out with points and the three different ways to play to start with. I, for one, like probably you've said, I think I've heard, I'm I'm just so thankful I learned the open and the narrative play, which I probably wouldn't have done if the points came out first. So, and that, you know, I did, think, did they have it in mind? I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm just so thankful, you know, for that aspect of it, that it's enabled a home play and a store play and then a community play you know, on top of the tournament play. And the tournament play wasn't really selling. And now with the with the other two play ways, I'm uh, just interested again in everything a little bit. Have you played small games, Dave? Oh, yeah. Like, like itty bitty game. Like, just taking, you know, like one ogre character versus three bestigors and a, and a beast shaman those types of little games even are just so much fun yeah so, i mean I've, i mean well because you know showing showing harrison how to play it first you know we played the little series right? in the book which were smaller but then i also i mean my 10 year old is interested and she got this ogre army from the super generous listener who heard me saying she wanted an ogre army and just sent it to her mm, and wow. yeah i mean and it's like so uh, you know, yeah, pull out three models, and I'll pull out a couple models, and 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 then when she sees that, yeah, so this does when when okay, so that wound is actually see that it says three there, yeah, so you actually do three, and my guys only have one apiece, so that one does actually kills three guys. Oh, my guys are really good, Daddy. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why you're one guy and my 10 guys and I still lose. Oh, okay. That's great. I like this army. Yeah, I know you do. That's great. (laughs) Hey, Mommy, I just smashed Daddy all over the place on the game he's been playing for 10 years. Did she beat you? Yeah, she did. Yeah, (laughs) okay. Exactly. But, um, But I think you guys both hit it right on the head. And... Um, it, it's it, if they had it, why wouldn't they have rolled it out? Like if they planned it, why wouldn't they have rolled it out? Like you said, even Jura said, you know, probably. It, so, I guess I if it wasn't planned, and you know, you you got the detractors and the haters out there when they came out with the points. GW's admitting they're wrong. Look, we were all right. They suck. You know, it's like okay, but <laughs> isn't it a good thing though? Like, yeah, I don't. If, if I they, don't see anything wrong with that. Hey, that you know what? Correction is legit in my world. Yeah, <laughs> it's like GW could do no right. For ten years, you've been complaining they don't listen to you, and now they listen to you, and you're complaining because. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you li- the to- nerdosphere, man. They, you know, somebody's going to complain about. You know, people are complaining about the new Ghostbusters movie, and it's not even come out. You know, just the nerds will find something to complain about and tear it down. And it is the, it's just the weirdest, most bizarre. And I'm guilty of it. We all are to some extent, but it's just such a weird, bizarre culture. Uh, it's it's like, we well, I know I bring up my, my old man's sayings because he's got the weirdest sayings, but uh, my dad always used to say, you'd complain if they hung you on brand new rope. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And I'm just like, okay. And that's, yeah, well, of course, my dad, you bet heavy to win heavy, man. So I was like, that's that's what they're like, though. But, you know, and, you know, and if they did, I mean, think about this. If they had no intention of doing points and everybody loses their minds and they're like, wow, we didn't expect them to lose their minds this bad. We need to do something. Instead of rushing out a point system, they wait, they look, and they see a really well-received point system. They go they go to the South Coast GT. They bring all those guys in to play test it. And from everything I'm hearing in the rumors, it's similar to that. Well, good on you. You found what the community liked and you put something out. And, I mean, especially with all the PDFs and how quickly they've been putting out adjustments and asking questions on their Facebook page and actually having someone there to sort of make sure it's going and doing what it's supposed to do. Even if they put it out and things aren't quite the way that it that people like it, they, you know, it, I'm conf- I, I feel almost confident that they would actually make an adjustment. Unlike, you know, back when you got a book and it was like, oh, this is bad, and now I got to wait four years before right, it's fixed. Or eight or ten, yeah. You know, because they might have FAQ'd a question or two, but they weren't about to put out an FAQ and a, and a rat of the points. You know, you, like you know, when the when one of the cannons came out and was way underpointed, you knew that was going to stay underpointed until the next book came out, and that was that. Here, if something comes out and people are like, "Whoa, that's not right," you know, things can get adjusted, and it seems like that's what they're doing right away. I mean, well, I think potentially, you know, a bit of necessity now too. You know, they they lost a big chunk of the market share um, when they dumped AOS for a lot of reasons, but. But now they're competing with these small companies who interact face-to-face on Twitter, on Facebook. You know, pe- these companies that are engaging their gamers, and that's the competition. What are you doing in the background? <laughs> really loud. Well, yeah. it, sound, it sounded like you were you were rolling dice in a wooden box. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm setting up 
miniatures, one of my alternate game systems I bought into, and setting up the miniatures to take a picture. Oh, I so. see. Oh, well, geez, <laughs> I, I hate to bother you with coming on the show. There, I'm glad. I'm glad you could, <laughs> kill two birds at once, Dave. I'm Give glad you're multitasking there. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, Domus. Um, but let's go back to the other thing now. If it was planned. And as you said, that idea to to break down, dude. I'm honestly glad whether it was planned or not. I'm glad it. I'm glad it happened this way. Um, I mean, the schism in the community and all that, all the all the all the kind of stuff that we didn't like happening aside. If that would have come out, and they would have, if this general's handbook would have been the book, here's AOS. Poof, read this. You know as well as I do, none of us would have read the first two systems. We would have looked at the free gaming and said, yeah, right. And we would have looked at the yeah. campaign gaming and said, this might be fun on the side. And we would have all gone straight to the points. And none of this cool stuff that we're enjoying now would have happened. And th- honestly, this is the part. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying I won't be playing with points. And probably, I mean, I, I foresee a majority of the games going towards points, especially if you're just going, you know, it's, it's simpler that way. But knowing that we have this sort of more free system where we can just say, hey, I'm coming over. I'm going to bring some stuff. Let's pick a scenario in the book or pick a scenario before we come over. I'll bring some stuff and let's adjust. That's the way I'm having the more fun playing. And that's the way, um, you know, if I'm going to do some of these on air live games, that's the kind of stuff I want to be doing because that's the stuff that's more interesting to me. You know, any of us can pick a point cost and do it. We've been doing it for a decade. You guys have been doing it for two decades. Heck, McClure's been doing it since 1987. I mean. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, well, and back then, you know, the point system in third edition was you, you kind of had a half a point or quarter of a point for each stat, you know. And so when I'm talking about this math that they're going to do based on all the variables of this game, I mean, there's a million variables now, which is incredibly fun, too. That you can pick it up and then like every single experience is a brand new experience because you're like, that thing does what? You know, and you forget stuff. Um, Just how to point that is going to be very interesting. And so I think it'll stick. I think it'll build the community and uh, it'll it'll give us another way. But boy, you know, I sure hope that people do run narrative and open events. Oh, yeah. And I think one of the things that... um we've been having fun with is um oh geez i just blanked wow (laughs) wow my my mind literally just went blank i almost reached nirvana i almost just disappeared (laughs) from this plane of existence my mind went completely clear that or i that or i reached a high level on on the scientology one of the two oh my god forget what i was just saying because it's just useless because i don't even know where we were you said something i'm like oh that's a good point and then i i lost it completely maybe maybe you were just giving more room to talk here we just had an event here in peoria and we we said let's go ahead and let's take people that went to a, a store event and then make three and four player games out of it kind of i mean that's different in terms of maybe uh, at least it was new to new to us with regards to Warhammer, you don't typically go to a tournament and then all of a sudden it's two of you versus one or three of you versus one. And we did that, <laughs> amazing. And that's what we've been doing in the basement, and that's why we did that at the local event. But you know, all of a sudden it turns out the more people in the game, the more fun. 
and it's not it's not like triumph and treachery where you're your own army it's literally you know take this side and divide it up into thirds and each person brings a third of their army and because of the pool system and such it was easy to do that oh yeah yeah that's like i said there's just and there's and you can there's so many things you can do that way that uh, there's just so much variety so much variation um and and it's just it's like i said i i'm just so glad that we sort of <laughs> i'm so glad that i was i was forced kicking and screaming to play without points and to play uh in, with with these sort of just just picking bizarre stories and 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 do these sort of things cuz um excuse me once we got used to it it's just it's so much fun it's it's uh and, and and the weird thing about it is I, I remember listening to some 40k podcasts when I uh, you know being 40 curious I was listening to those and they're always talking about you know grabbing objectives and moving this and grabbing that and I was just like oh that sounds kind of interesting you know and we never did any of it and now we're doing all that I'm like this is the best like we were playing on Saturday and you know it's like well I know I can't win but I can grab this objective and that objective and I can still do things and I think that's part of the fun is even if you're losing the main objective losing the main game there's other things you can do where it's like you kind of it's I used to call it the moral victory it's like okay right. I didn't win but at least I held that piece of terrain <laughs> and i got this guy to the back of the board and and this this unit over here didn't was was not wiped out at the end of the game and it's all those little things that you know back in yeah i mean i remember in fact i think uh it was like two two bits ago because uh, last bits was when i was really sick but it was like two bits ago we were sitting around eating pizza and i was there with the two of you guys i think and we were talking about how when you start really losing really bad you just make up things in your head like okay, if yes. this, if this guy lives, at least I did that. I might get right. twenty nilled, but this guy who he really wants to kill, I'm going to make sure he lives. And now that's actually a part of the game. You know, it's like it's actually you get points for it now. Right, right. Well, and the game is not about just raffle stomping your opponent, which is it just is more fun for everybody. Right, and it's it, terribly fun to, to actually lose your whole army, but get an objective. <laughs> That's really fun. Yep, exactly. So, Wars was all about the terrain objectives, and they were they were over fifty percent of the game, and a lot of them were sacrifice their armies. But I had a bunch of plague monks. Of course, I did that, and it, you know I could lose everything but win the table objective and end up with eleven points, which was awesome. Yeah, that's just brilliant. I mean, it really is. It's so it's so much fun when you can try. It's just not the game we played. It, it you know what? And I hate to I hate to say it, it reminds me. Uh, in fact, one of the things I really liked about it, it reminded me of playing Malifaux. And I know you guys don't play that a lot, but I remember my first game. I came in there and I was getting a demo game, and I stomped him. I took my friend Dalton was playing this game he was showing teaching me how to play and i went in and i wiped his models out to a man and i lost the game <laughs> because he got his objective and i didn't because i was still learning how to play and i was like i gotta wipe you out because that's how i was used to playing take out your opponent's army and we yep. each had about six models on the table and i took all his models out and the game ended and he's like okay objectives and he did his and i never thought about getting to mine because i was too busy learning 
the rules, and to me, learning the rules was reading that card and figuring out how to use all of my abilities to wipe his guys off the table, and I lost the game. <laughs> and it's like, oh, wait. Isn't that something? Objectives. That's right. My objective wasn't to wipe you out. It was to get over there and grab that thing, which I didn't even go near because I was too busy throwing flame at you the whole time. So, that's yeah, it's... It's all the objective, and I'm finding as I'm looking at the different reports from different people's tournaments is that the people who are winning are the people who are grabbing all their secondary and tertiary objectives. You can lose a, a one or two of the primaries if you're playing right. If you grab all the second ter, uh, secondary and tertiaries, that seems to be the the, the thing. So I don't know. Kind of focus on those. Yeah, the tournaments really focus on multiple objectives in the books tended to kind of be like one objective because it was narrative based and 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 uh so i I was kind of surprised once i got you know i got the books and i was like boy i need uh, i don't want to write scenarios i just want to have them for the basement play or whatever and then we we started adding like you said you know secondary and tertiary objectives because if if it is just one objective it's just not as much you know and so we're uh, adepticon where they had you got to do this on your side of the table, but you also got to try to do this on the other side of the table, and you start dividing your forces. Um, I, I think it is an important aspect for people to to expand their horizons beyond whatever is in the narrative scenarios in the books as well. Go go for it. Go go download those tournament packs and play those multiple objective games. Exactly, exactly. So, all right, listen, um, time for another break. I hate, to, uh, I hate to be that guy, but time is a tyrant, and I have to obey. Um, <laughs> we're going to take another break, and when we kind of come back, there was another conversation uh, we had. Um, we'll wrap up any last thoughts on the General's Handbook. Uh, well, we know nothing about it, so I just, you know, any ideas or hopes we have. But we hit another topic, and I'm just curious as to what you guys think about it. And we'll use that to sort of wrap up the show because I thought it was an interesting uh, comment that the, one of the people we were with was making. Um, because I think, Tom, you and I were – well, Domus was actually kind of dozing off at this point. And he just kept, <laughs> he kept opening his eyes and going, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm just so sorry. We'll be like, what, Domus? I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm just, it's late, and I'm just – And then me and McClure were both like – you know, we we were both in the camp of, um, you know, planned or not, we're glad that there were no points. We love the no points. And the person we were talking to was was not in our camp at all. So we made for an interesting conversation. I wanted to bring up that point when we come back. So we will be back in just a minute, folks. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. 
We are back one more time, folks, into the breach with uh, Domus and McClure. So, okay, so as I was saying before we went on break, uh, first of all, do you guys have any last thoughts or hopes or desires for the General's Handbook that I didn't ask about or bring up anything that we that I missed that you can think of? I'm just ready. Yeah, I just think it. It's a big deal that all these books are just more affordable than they used to be to me. Um, and, and with the kind of the, the way that things do get updated and do progress, I'm, I'm glad they're keeping that in check, you know, with, Hey, if it's a collector's book and it will do something hardback and it's something you can enjoy for a little while. Whereas if it's a tactical book, that's just going to have a short life. We'll do it paperback and it's more affordable. So, yeah, that, I was so glad to see the uh, the uh, the Alliance books soft cover because you know as they keep adding stuff in, those are gonna need updates way way sooner. Right. <laughs> I mean, heck, the Death one's already kind of out of date. Go ahead, Domus. Uh-oh. To the app. And totally have it just. I'm hey, not buying the books anymore. Start over, Domus, because we heard. Blomp, 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 blomp. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Better. No, I just I had just said that I switched to the app and not buying the books. Okay, so you you like the app better? Yep. Are you doing it in the iBooks like where you have all the options and all the uh, little things you can do? Yeah, I do it on my little mini iPad. So it just it's convenient, and then I can print it out at work if I need to. Oh, so cool. I like print out. Yeah, the app is all the functionality that you need. The books are just such an amazing quality. Holding them, <laughs> almost petting them here. They're just, <laughs> you know, I just love my books so. Yeah, that's the thing. I just yeah, I'm so I, I so like the the tactile feel of having the books. That's I'm I'm a sucker for the books. I love owning them. So and they are really nice. The artwork on it is so good. So all right. So let's go to this thing. So the person we were talking with, and I'm not naming names, and not because I don't want to or anything but they're not here to defend their position and so you know what i'm saying i don't want to be calling anybody out or anything like that but so we're there and we were talking and this this person was of the opinion that it's really the competitive community that drives everything in gaming um mm. and, I, and i'm paraphrasing this so I, if i get it a little mm. bit wrong and you know and i said you know i think that the, the competitive community is just a small portion of the overall community there's a lot more you know, people playing in their basements and, and stuff and playing at the local shops and not coming to tournaments. I mean, there's got to be. I mean, we look at the at even our scene in, here in the U.S., and it's a pretty big scene, but you look at some of the bigger tournaments in the, in the different regions, and it's the same couple hundred guys going to all these tournaments, you know? And they can't be just a couple hundred guys keeping this company afloat, you know? <laughs> it's, it's not. That's for sure. You know? No. So it's it's it can only be a small portion of the community and and the the 
the the the points that were being made were were things like okay, well, but it's people who go to tournaments that are the ones who are going to the local gaming stores and putting together weekly game nights so that they can get more local players in because they want people there to get practice games against for for tournaments. Um, they also, I mean, it was you know he uh, the, he had pointed out how you know he was a person who constantly gets sets up the game nights and uh, you know was setting it up even for AOS and when he stopped setting up the game nights it went away you know when he stopped setting yeah. up game yeah. nights the you know uh and it, it's happened for more than one game system for 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 him when he's you know he likes setting up games to get practice games in for tournaments and he gets local people in there and going if he's not setting it up and pushing that 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 uh that thing it dies off in his area and and it's like and i don't know if that's true for all areas or just for his area there's you know and all these were good points and all these had some truth for sure in that that there's absolutely this side to it where the tournament goers are passionate and the tournament goers want practice and the tournament goers sometimes can be the leaders in the communities you know and and communities need a leader a lot of the time to organize somebody to do the work Domus and I talked a lot about, you know, do we need to run a tournament? Do we need to do something in the community? And I was like, I just want to play. If I have a limited amount of time, you know, I just want to appreciate the people that organize it. And I just want to play. So, so end of the day, our our community, you know, needed somebody else to step up and, and try to be a leader. And so, so that was a good point that the competitive scene can actually be the enabler because it's the passion and it's the passion that comes then to the community and and seeds growth. Okay. What do you think, Domus? Yeah, I, I, I you know, to an, to an extent, I agree with Tom. Somebody's got to lead the way. We talk about this a lot um, because neither one of us our limited time with our families, we just don't have the time to organize, create, and build a community. So somebody has to lead, and and like right now, we don't we don't have regular AOS gaming, um, which is kind of why I'm I'm veering off and playing some guild ball now too, because there's regular gaming going on, and I can work in some regular gaming plus my sporadic gaming. So, is the person who's running the guild ball nights? I totally over- appreciate. I'm sorry, go ahead. Is the person what? Is the person who's running the guild ball nights by you, are they uh, Are they playing guild ball? Are they, do you know if they're like, do they play guild ball in tournaments? Are they competitive players? Like, you know, um, tournament players? Well, or is it just something that's sprung up in your, in your, at, at your, at your local store? I, he's a competitive player, but he doesn't run, ter- he doesn't play in tournaments because he runs Adepticon. It's Hank Edley's running our oh, local okay. guild ball league. But he's playing with his sons, and so for him, you know, it's just gaming. But okay. you know, it also has the added benefit of feeding any tournaments that, you know, because there's tournaments now in Bloomington and Springfield. So there's actually quite a bit of guild ball going on in downstate Illinois at the moment. Okay, cool. But it's not someone so, who's just who's just a, a competitive player who's looking to build the community so he can get his games in and do that. It's a guy who's playing with his kids and wants more people to play. 
yeah, he just wants to play games and doesn't want to play the same person or just play his kids, you know, and give his kids growth, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome to have an organized, you know, we're going to play every other Saturday or whatever it turns out to be, you know, it's just awesome to have some kind of regularity. And if you're a tournament guy, you know, you can focus on tournament side. And if you're, let's just play, you, you can just play and have fun with it. Okay. I just because to to me I guess I just and I'm getting I'm getting a slightly different perspective of it because I I get a lot of emails and to me it I, I you know it seems a little bit like hubris to say that 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 it's the competitive gamers who really drive the whole community and I mean they they do a, a lot for the community don't get me wrong I mean they're the people who are pushing to have things at the stores a lot of times and things like that I mean your one day tournament events I mean the one day I mean heck the thing I set up at UGG was a primer for bits I mean it was a thing to set up to get people to come and play and and the whole motivation was I was helping Alex to get a primer event to get some feedback for his scenarios for his tournament um but i just i you know i know when our you know our community splintered and and the groups at tournaments is noticeably smaller but i just keep getting emails from people who are new to the game and they have these little groups and they're playing at local stores and they're playing in their basement and nobody it was you know it wasn't i see i see and maybe it's just the new the new well, you, don't, you don't start with tournaments you you start in the basements and then potentially grow you know, they hear of tournaments from your podcast and, and all the various sources, and they kind of grow into that. But, you know, a, a bit of perspective here is you think about that guy um, that was doing the talking, and it's probably in his community, he's a tournament gamer, and he's probably the only one organizing stuff, which makes all of his comments in his community 100% accurate. Oh yeah, I'm not saying they're not accurate to him, and that's why I'm not, and I'm not that's what I'm saying, I'm not naming any names, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not I don't I'm wanna, just trying to get yeah. perspective on it. That, right. You know, that's, that's his reality, um, where it's not necessarily everybody else's, because there's always been pocket gaming of basements. of You know, and I've met lots of people that play just at home and absolutely want nothing to do with the tournament scene, you know, whether they got burned by it or that's just not their mode in the first place. Right. Right. And so, I, like I said, I just I thought it was interesting, that idea of that, the whole community is driven by that that smaller portion of it. I wasn't certain if I agreed with it. And in some areas, I suppose it's true. I'm more I, with you, actually. That it's a point, but not definitely not the whole community is driven by it. Because I think there's a lot of data now that the last half a year, or like you said, you know, with with all the communities that happened that weren't driven by the competitive aspect of it. That, that's just data. Yeah, that says it's not the whole point. It's not just the competitive and, community. Part one of the major discussion points, as I recall, was, I mean, competitive gamers aren't the best buyers necessarily. I mean, I heard in 40k people will buy whatever they need to win. I don't know, as, for as an example, maybe I should have said that. Um, but in the fantasy, the I think part of the issue that it had before was that you know people had a lot of armies sitting around and you'd go for that build and the competitive play wasn't really um forging the business profits and and so therefore it, it wasn't going to enable that game to continue so while maybe it enabled communities it wasn't enabling the the business aspect of continuing the game system 
So this uh, this non-competitive play, I I expect, has really enabled that business side, which both are needed. You need the community, and you need a company that remains profitable. Yeah, true, and that's one of the things that's that is so much fun with this is you know it's that whole I can just buy something I want, and, no, and love it. almost always <laughs> at any time, yeah. I mean, heck! Eventually, like I said, right now I'm 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 finishing off the liberators in my stormcast army, and then I'm gonna paint up the the uh, I'm gonna try to speed paint up the uh, Warhammer quest box. But one of the things I'm gonna do is once these once all my uh, stormcasts are done, is I always wanted the the celestial hurricaneum thing. Um, yeah, I never had a reason to have that model. I couldn't, you know, because you had to buy a whole darn empire army to play that model. It's like right, well, it's order. I can have it. I like it. I want it. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go get one. You know, and like you said, uh, the ability to play small games is the most is the most wonderful thing about it. You know, right? You can do a celestial hurricane, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that might not go as well as you want, but I mean, these eighty five dollars starter boxes are brilliant now because that's enough. That's enough to play and get a person hooked. Yeah, those you know? guys that come. Yeah, they're so cool. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, I just, I mean, I, and I guess there's no right or wrong answer because, uh, like Domus said, you know, if, if you are the only person <laughs> pushing, you know, a game in your area and you're and that, that that's your reality, then that's what you're doing. Um, I know around here I'm, I'm trying to build up stuff um, just because I want more people to play over at UGG. Um, because basically NW2 sort of disappeared and they all went to go play Infinity. And when that happened, there's just not a lot of shelf space for AOS stuff. And when there's not enough shelf space at the store, there's not as many gamers coming for that game at the store. And it sort of feeds on itself. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to get people over there because I think once you get a few people in there playing, more people tend to show up. I mean, heck, this weekend we had people playing and I had my, uh, or my Warhammer quest just set out in case anyone wanted to see it and look at it. People kept coming in and looking, hey, sit down, give it a try, look at this, look at that, look at that. Um, you know, just people who, like, I play Pathfinder at home, but this looks kind of fun, though. Oh, sure, come on, take a look. And it's just like, you know, you can, you can, you can entice gamers. <laughs> gamers want a game. You can entice them with anything. And, sure, uh, yeah. and they like impulse buys, too. Yeah. Sure. And, I, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know who's driving the community right now. Um, I just I want to make sure it keeps driving. You know what I'm saying? I want to see. I want to see. Well, I think it's on fire. I don't think. I just it's just totally on fire. It's just growing every month. I mean, right now Games Workshop doing the driving. I mean, they they are releasing so much, and the excitement level is continuously at a high. You know, the people. And it seems to be people really like the stuff that's coming out. I mean, the Auric release was well, well received by most people. When's the last time you saw a release that well received? I can't think of one. I mean, I know I only came in at the tail end of um, or just at the at the at the very start of seventh. So I was coming in. I came in right at the end of sixth, start of seventh. I can't think of a release of of a of a line to come out that was that amazingly well received. I mean, ogres came out, the new ogres, 
and people were like, oh, yeah, finally they're playable because the book was good. But the models were pretty divisive. Well, when, the, when the first when the Plastic Ogres came out the first time, the release was insane. Oh, um, yeah. Because the models were used in 40. The models were used in every game system for and converted and Golden Demons and, and just used to the nine. So that first release was huge. It was a big, big deal. Um, but they didn't. They didn't always do releases like this, where they, you know, do a whole bunch of new kits. And I, that's part of the deal, I think, for this release is we got what five, you know, uh, two, three new boxes, and then a couple of blisters, you know. And you just don't usually get a big release like that. You usually get one or two new troops, and and then boxes would trickle in in the next six months, and you kind of got everything all up front, which was awesome. Well, I think we've seen some new. Th- I mean, since I've been in, you've seen some where you get a new a new line. And you'll get three or four boxes of new of new of new items. Um, I know when Skaven was released, that had a three or four boxes of new items. I just I, I can't think of anything that came out where I mean, I mean this. I mean, I, I mean, I don't have any data to back up my statement, but this thing had to have at least a ninety five percent approval rating. I've I've only I just haven't. I haven't seen so many people, so many people bought it. I just, you know, usually a certain percent you expect gets into it, kind of, right? There's, and this just seemed like 90%. (laughs) Seriously, everybody bought it or had a really good reason why they didn't buy it, but they wanted it. Like, I would have bought it, but I promised myself I'm not buying anything until I finish what's on this table in front of me. And that's yeah. the only reason I don't have it is because I swore to myself I'm finishing what's in front of me, and I've got I've got enough stuff on the back burner where I just told myself it will sit in the box for a year. You will you can buy it when that's done, because that oh, I saw it I saw it this weekend fully painted that giant that maw crusher. Oh, did you? God, is that thing beautiful? It's so nice. Yes. Thomas, you got like what six of them? About four. Four. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they're great. I mean, they're so cool. That I mean, that whole release, and I mean, it's just everybody. I mean, I heard a few people that say, "Oh, I don't like the aesthetic." Okay, cool, and and that's fine. You know, there's got. I mean, it, there's got to be some people who don't like it. But wow, See, it was great because I always loved the 40k orc look, and I hated the fantasy orc look. So they did kind of bring the 40k look to the fantasy world, and I freaking love it. You know, there's no bolters, um, and they're fantastic. They're big and mean-looking, and that's how an orc should look, not like some dumb, dim-witted dude with a club. I'm going to smack you in the head. And I just that that concept of orcs, that they were just dumb brutes. So I really like the more feral-looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, the brutal and cunning. The really The brutal came out in this. Really? Really well. It's like, oh, these guys are scary. These these guys, you know. Yeah, I I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. So, well, okay. I think that's about it. I think we hit all. I think we hit everything. Every talking point I had on this piece of paper, which is amazing, because normally I get sidetracked like crazy. 
Thank you so much for having us. Well, hey, thank you guys for coming on and uh, and and uh, and helping me out here. This is this was great. I really enjoyed having you guys on, and I would be happy to have you guys on again. Uh, you know, maybe you know if Domus has time, if he doesn't have to be, you know, setting up all his pictures and stuff like that. You know, I am a busy fella. I got a lot of stuff to do. I'm trying to unload half of the miniatures in my basement to pay for my orcs army. Oh, well, <laughs> well, when you buy four maw crushers, you got to do something to pay for it, don't you? So. Hey, I need three more boxes of Gorgrentas before I'll be satisfied. Oh, jeez. So. Well, Three was not enough. Oh, my goodness. All right. We'll All see right. how many points they are. <laughs> I got I to gotta paint something first. <laughs> so. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, get it, get something painted. That'll slow you down a bit. Uh, All right. Well, listen, folks. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. So um, thank you for listening. You can uh, always leave us a nice iTunes review. I always enjoy those. Uh, you can... Uh, Always check out the uh, Garage Hammer store, buy yourself a shirt or some nonsense like that. Otherwise, tune in for episode 146, which will be out uh, sometime in June. I don't know if it'll be exactly on the 10th. Uh, June is going to be a messed up month because I'm going on vacation. Disney World, here I come. So I'm going to try to crank it out early so that things don't get messed up. But I make no promises because I'm going to Disney World and that trumps everything. So, you know, what are you going to do? Right, guys? So uh, once again, Domus McClure, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. And uh, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful will know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website. Or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.